stand-up historian. Those who tell stories rule society. Hello and welcome to Stand Up Historian again. I can't believe that we are already at the end of March year 2022. This is another Tuesday special edition where I talk to Vic and in this edition we are answering the questions I have received over the last couple of weeks from you. I summarized those questions and we are going to uh, go through them and answer them to the uh, best of our abilities. I hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, don't forget to visit the website at standuphistorian.com and submit your questions and comments. Thank you for being here and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello and welcome to Stand Up Historian. Vic is with me. It's another Tuesday and we, like we promised in our last podcast, we are going to um, answer your questions. Actually, Vic is going to answer your questions. I'm not going to take responsibility for answering your questions. <laughs> Vic, are you still there? <laughs> yep, yeah, I'm here. Greetings, sweetie. Okay. And greetings, so, and greetings to the listeners, too. Yes, of course. Very loyal. Okay, I forwarded 16 questions. I made sure that uh, numbers are correct. So they must be <laughs> questions, not last time I missed them. And let's just start with, without any further ado. Okay, 16 questions, and I will do my level best. Um, I've also had two global members ring in, so there's going to be some additional answering some additional information, too, to go along with it. Great. Okay. Question number one is, please explain the fall of man. Is humanity still falling? Is there a point where we hit the, gra hit the ground? I like that. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> um, when I was talking about the fall of man, uh, it's, it's an overview term to describe our fallen frequency. And it took several thousands of years for the frequency to fall as far as we were concerned because we had higher level abilities at one time. And then we gradually, gradually, gradually started to lose them. We knew we were going to lose them because we started having those problems on Atlantis. Of course, that got set aside because of the bacteria that got loose when we sank Atlantis. But we knew that the same thing was happening at the time on Atlantis. We just didn't know what to do about it. We, we had two bigger problems to deal with back then. But once Atlantis was over with and the damage was healed and everything and we came back, we knew it was going to happen. And that's the reason the human plan was started was because we needed to find a solution to that problem. So the fall of man is just a descriptive term of the falling of our frequencies as we went on when we were in the human plan looking for the reason why we kept losing our higher abilities. That's what that re um, refers to. Are we still falling? No, no. The... Um, the frequency that we are operating at right now is steady. 
it's pretty steady. I mean, there are there are some humans that walk among us that have got a little bit higher frequency. And then, of course, we also have the groups that I've mentioned that have already reintegrated. There's a group in, uh, in the U.S. and there's a group in Europe. And at this time, we have absolutely no clue how many other humans have reintegrated and just kind of disappeared. We don't know. We have no idea. We don't know what the, the numbers are. We have no access to find out what the numbers are of the reintegrated humans. Those would be the ones that um, they're full cell humans, so their frequencies are going to be higher than ours. Um, is okay. there a point? Is there a point where we hit the ground? I don't know. The only way I know that you can hit the ground is if you fall down. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't mean to make light, but it was kind of funny when I read that because I was like, mm, no, we're not really technically going to hit the ground. It's just humanity. We're not still falling. We're kind of at the, the level that we're operating on. We're not going to go any lower in frequency. And that's just the description of fall of man. Now, I had another global member ring in with that question, and their response is, the fall equals human plan. Not a failure, but a desperate and extremely dangerous plunge into one-quarter soul subhuman existence to find the cause of our disappearing higher faculties and to thoroughly explore the experience of full physicality and separation from our, which succeeded despite dreadful odds. And his second part is some of humanity are still falling. I think he's making a joke mm -hmm. there and trying to take as many people with them. Hitting the ground equals giving up on earth life membership and returning to non-physical realm of, Ill, of origin. So that's his perspective on it. That, okay. um, you know, some humanity are still falling, but energetically speaking, from a soul standpoint, they aren't falling because we're, we're holding steady at a certain frequency here. But, you know, he's he is making a point, you know, giving up on Earth life membership and returning to the non-physical realms of orange. And technically, you could say that would be hitting the ground because that would be crashing. Um, you're done. You're done with the human existence for right now, and you have taken off to the realms of the non-physical roles. And Okay, I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. So you said <clears throat> we're not falling anymore, and we are operating at a certain frequency. Is this the, the lowest frequency that we can uh, exist, or what is this frequency that we're operating now? Well, originally, what caused us to lose our higher abilities was her being at uh, 7.65 hertz because yes. it was too low. And that's what it was that over time we would lose our higher abilities. She has now risen it to 3,500 hertz. That being said, when it was done, it didn't automatically just jerk all of us up into the higher frequencies and we automatically pulled our the rest of our souls back into our bodies. I'm not entirely sure why that didn't happen other than she had to do it slowly. She didn't just go from 7.65 hertz to 3,500 hertz overnight because there were some, it probably would have killed a lot of people. So she did it in a step mm -hmm. manner, slowly trying to get all of us to wake up. 
The problem is, is that there are some of us that are awake, but there are too many that are not. And it's almost as if they are choosing not to want to wake up because they know when the original question was brought up in 1996 and then again just prior to 2012 are you ready to reintegrate and the numbers that said yes keep dropping we are at the 3500 hertz that was verified by chris thomas via the akashic mother earth did raise her frequency um no we didn't reintegrate on moss but i personally think we should have for whatever reason um, it could be there. There are a variety of factors that I roll around in my head as to why there wasn't just an across the board. Everybody reintegrated. And a lot of it has to do with some people who made the decision that, no, we're not going to reintegrate. We're just going to live out our lives and then die when we're done and maybe come back later. So that was some of it. The other, honestly, is interference. And that's going to be interference from our mil- military and interference from the VLON. There, I, I, I can give you a little overview story of the sure. first the first 25 people that reintegrated. It was 25 Please. of them. Mm-hmm. They were, um, it's not, like I said, I'm, I'm trying to give you an overview because I don't remember the specifics. I'll have to dig it back out of the book. But there were 25 original ones that reintegrated. And I think they were from the U.S., And in the process of reintegration, all 25 of them on a soul level agreed to be captured because at the point of being full soul humans, they could the the 25 of them could have instantly have disappeared and nobody would have seen them because they would have psychically gathered together and formed a bubble and then just disappeared. They agreed on a soul level to be captured and all 25 of them were taken, arrested put into an underground base and they were um, experimented on and tortured. And it was one of those things where the subhumans that did it wanted to see just exactly how far they could push the envelope on what their powers were. And the souls that were full soul humans agreed to the experimentation and the, um, the brutality to see what they could endure as full soul humans. Oh, and I was going to ask you, you why and you answered it. Uh, learning um that's the thing that's that's the thing about being in physicality on earth and the human plan and the whole reason that we're here is the non-physical souls wanted to know what physicality was like and this is all just a giant experiment and as a giant experiment in order for you to understand all of what there is to being physical and living a human life on earth there's going to have to be experimentation and there, there are going to be bad things that happen in the course of learning. And these, these 25 individuals, um, as full soul humans, they killed them all. They tortured them and experimented on them to death. But in the same right, those souls also left their bodies and they could probably return at any time. They, they probably, knowing them, they probably came back and were possibly born to some of the uh, other full soul humans that are, that are hiding away either here still in the U.S. or in Europe. That would be my guess is that they returned as children to the, the full soul humans that are hiding. And they, they gathered up a lot of knowledge. They suffered greatly, but they gathered up a lot of knowledge. So, Through their sufferings. I mean, Yes, I mean, it's, it sounds really, really ugly, but they agreed to it. 
for the information and for the experience. You know, sometimes you've got people that step forward and they take the hit for other people and then end up sharing the information with other people and say, don't do that because we know what's going to happen to you. You know, kind of like parents do with children. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. they share their experiences. So it's, it kind of comes under that heading with, with what happened to them. So that's sort of an extended version of what's going on as far as the fall of man and, and what's happened to some of the people. Um, okay. And this 25, you said they were in the United States. That's what I remember, that the original okay. 25 were from the U.S. and they're the ones that agreed to be taken. And it also gave them insight into other full soul humans to let them know you need to be careful because with the technology that they have got from the Greys and from the Valon, because they don't really have technology from anybody else. And then, of course, there's human, subhuman built technology, which is completely and totally destructive. But the technologies that they have combined from the Valon, from from the Greys, and from what technology that we have bastardized out of all of, all of that other stuff, people can be tracked in more ways than one is an underlying feeling or a discomfort that there are some people that are ready to be full soul humans again, but there's, there seems to be something that's holding us back. I don't know if there's not enough of us to get away with it. Um, Maybe the ones of us that are ready to go and ready to move on and we're waiting to see what the rest of them are going to do, especially with these COVID shots that are killing millions Mm -hmm. where they're not recording it properly. We're not exactly sure, and we have no access to the cash, so I can't verify that. Wow, that was uh, shocking information. The interference of yeah, technology can interfere and find people in their in this process and destroy them. I'll have to find it in one of the books. I can't remember which one, of course, with my global group listening to me. One of them will probably point it out to me. But in one of the books, uh, there's a description of a communication device that the Greys had. It's a funny looking thing. It's kind of pyramidal shaped or triangular shaped and comes to a point and it's got little leaf looking things coming off of it. Mm-hmm. Really strange looking device. It's a communication device. That's all it is. Our military got a hold of this thing. And put it inside of a filing cabinet. And there's something about this device that allows them to track people. There's like millions upon millions upon millions of people that are tracked with this device. And it's not a bad device because the greys, they don't make weapons. I mean, most of the semi-physical races don't make weapons. I mean, they're not, they just don't make weapons to blow each other up. Of course, the Mm -hmm. V-line the VLON would be a, a, an exception in one particular case, and that's that's a whole other story. But the semi-physicals, they, they don't fight. They don't war. There's no there's no races out there having wars and stuff. They just, they don't, their technology is, is supposed to be useful of technology. It's just that subhumans got a hold of it and twisted it into weapons um, with this, like this communication device. But people can be tracked. So that's that's another yeah. issue that my my group has talked about. That if if one person is getting really 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 close to becoming a full self human, there's that question that we have of can that full soul human just go on its own and just poof and disappear, 
or will the military be able to track them before they get that way and and arrest them? I think the 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 twenty five that that became full soul humans. I think when they made the decision to be captured, they just kind of were together as a group and the military automatically just came after them because as a group, they would have been powerful enough to have shielded themselves and disappeared. So that means they took on the full soul human status and started to glow. And as a group, and I, I don't know if they sat down and waited for the military to come get them or if they actually walked into a military base. I don't yeah. know how it went down. Yeah, so in fact, by th- they sacrificed. Now everybody else knows that there is a technology that they can track you. There is a technology. Otherwise, we would have never known if that's possible or not, right? If they would have just left. True. If the if the twenty five had decided that yeah. they had, they just became full soul humans and then as a group just disappeared, they would have had the power to do it. Poof, gone. Yeah, untracked. So but to expose had, the enemy to see what how far they can that's that was very interesting. Wow. Just to see what kind of, of technology they did yeah. have and how much trouble they were gonna cause, yes. And you said Greys and other races they they don't make wars or weapons or I feel like whatever these globalists are doing is moving us towards that, a total control is not going to need wars necessarily in a society which is completely under control and every aspect of human life is under surveillance at at a planetary level you don't need wars am i correct to assume that i don't know that you necessarily need wars now uh, other than agreed 100 percent, yes <laughs> yes they like it though because it thins mm-hmm. out the population and you know that they've already that bill gates and schwab and all the rest of them have talked about there's too many people on the planet so yes. they don't care whether people go to war or not they like it they make money off of it and people die and so they're happy but is it necessary no not really no. never been necessary Mm-mm. exactly That's but they do it to make money and they do it to thin out the population just like they did with the vaccines. They did it for the mm-hmm. money and ends out the population. And I think there is a lot more to come in those fronts. And okay, when, you think about was, the va- uh-huh. when you think about the vaccines, when you're talking about war, um, sometimes wars don't involve rifles and bullets and tanks yeah. and bombs. Sometimes it includes just a needle. Yeah, Cold War. Yeah, It's mm-hmm. some kind of Cold War again. Oh, wow. Okay, that was a very comprehensive <laughs> answer. <laughs> okay. Sorry to scare sorry to scare some people, but that's that's just kind of the way it is. Number two is, do you believe in original sin? Um, this one I had trouble with because I'm not particularly religious. Like I told you before, I was raised Southern Baptist. Um, I did spend a short period of time for about six weeks as an Anglican. I mm-hmm. tried that, which taught me how to genuflect and take communion and all that. But then I discovered that there's continuing Anglicanism, and then there's some other kind of Anglicanism, and there's a split in that where one side of the Anglicans want their priests to be able to marry and have 
female priests and then the other side of the Anglicans don't want their priests to marry and won't have female priests. And so there's a split there and one group wants to join the Catholics and the other group doesn't. Want to, mm, I just gave yes. up. I lasted, <laughs> I lasted about six months and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my, that's my religious history. My Southern Baptist beginnings as a child and then Anglicanism in my late thirties. And so uh, I've heard the term original sin, but I honestly don't really get what it means. So um, I'm going to move on to one of what uh, one of my global members did make one comment on that one. It, um, when you, do you believe in original sin? Their answer was no. It's a Vatican psyop and very successful too. So that one's not impressed. Original sin is when God told Adam and Eve when they were in paradise or in Garden of Eden. He told them you can eat from anything here except this tree. And they didn't listen. The snake came, the serpent came, and through temptation made Eve to eat the apple. That's the original Uh, sin. Okay, okay. Thank you for clarifying that. Because when you said original sin, the first thing that popped into my head was a rock song. It's like, what? Um, okay, story of Adam and Eve. Okay, that, yeah. that makes sense. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, so I think that the question here is, are we, according to Christianity, you are born with sin? That's why they call it original sin. Because Adam committed that sin. All his children, until the end of time, they are born with this sin. And only by accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior, the sin disappears. So is there a, sort of like a parallel in your worldview to this? Is there a, uh, I think there was another question about salvation. I don't want to get ahead of our, us, but is there something like this? Is there a flaw in humanity? Let's put it this way. Uh, a flaw in humanity based upon religious texts? No. Um, a flaw in humanity that sometimes experimentation goes too far? Yeah, that would be the description of Atlantis. But everything has just been, you know, testing limits and seeing what we could do with the human body and stuff like that. There was, But there were some ugly things that took place in Atlantis. I don't, I don't think I'm going to be able to comment sufficiently on this one just because the the Adam and Eve story Mm -hmm. to me is is a parable because the religious text state there was Adam there was Eve the first two humans on the planet that's just that's just not true um like I said sorry to you know go after the Christians and what's that what's in the Bible no no no. let's let's explain that a little bit more I'm, I'm very interested so it was not just Adam and Eve there were more people obviously well, no, going by the Chris Thomas material, we yes. all pretty much showed up on the planet all at once. I mean, just on Moss, just showed up on the planet, particularly in Atlantis. I mean, there was. Uh, okay. Uh, this is this is fantastic. Okay. That answers a lot of questions that we have, such as, you know, there is a simple question. Every uh, Sunday school or every rabbi has answered that and says, okay, if there was Adam and Eve and they had two boys, uh, Cain and Abel, where the rest of us came from? One of them must have married his mother? 
<laughs> that was the same right? question that my that's the same question that my dad posed to my grandmother, his mother in law. It's like, well, if there was Cain, if there was only Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel and Cain slew Abel and Cain went off and married somebody, where did the wife come from? <laughs> was this question exactly where was the wife? But the way that Chris says it, it it makes sense. We just showed up here. We we because in this case, you don't need to talk about evolution either. Well, now evolution is a big part of it too because the body types that we inhabit had a little help. Um, we didn't just we didn't just enter these bodies. These bodies have been altered from the pre-primate humans that were originally on the planet because Mother Earth did a lot of experimentation. I mean, you know, we had the dinosaurs and yeah. one of the reasons why the dinosaurs were so big was because she was looking to experiment with body types that would hold the whole of the soul. And, you know, if we're 53 dimensions in size, you know, it's easier to fit inside of a giant dinosaur than it is a small body. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there was the yeah. idea behind that. Once they were killed off after the, the two planets exploded, she started again. And she didn't just restart with the dinosaurs. She kind of let the dinosaurs and the mammals that were coming up kind of jockey for existence just to see which would do better and it turns out the the mammals that were being cultivated on her planet were were doing better so that's how we wound up as full soul or humans mm -hmm. being human shaped and us not being full soul humans in four-legged dinosaurs or something like that yeah because it's, yeah. it's quite possible it could have happened that way i'm trying to rem I, I can't remember dates specifically in my mind but i know that when the seven thousand year plan started for us to figure out why we were losing our abilities after we sank Atlantis. Uh, I know that when we got here on the planet, we all showed up at once. It was like, boom, there, there were some on one side of the planet and some on the other side of the planet. And Does that uh, explain different races and different looks and skin colors and differences in appearance of humans, which goes beyond appearance. There are oh, some sure. specific traits that some races have and others don't yeah yeah they were the way it was situated is that whatever continent they decided to go to is the body type that they took on for the the weather of that place okay so you've got uh you've got um the red race the yellow race brown race black race um white race and olive mm -hmm. the black brown olive white red yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's six. Then, of course, with uh, um, intermarrying and having children, there have been the blending of genes, and that's been, you know, testing that out and see how that would come out. So, but yeah, when it came to the human plan, we just all showed up on Moss all over the planet, dotted over the planet. We made choices where we wanted to start out. Tell me about seven thousand years. What was that? Refresh my mind. The 7,000-year, that's plan. the plan that we put ourselves into to try to figure out why we were losing our higher abilities. Okay. Why we couldn't translocate anymore, why we couldn't psychically talk to each other anymore, uh, why we didn't have the ability to, to build things psychically. I mean, it, it's hard to describe what we're supposed to be like because if I was a full so human, I don't remember it. Um, I have no experience in this lifetime with it. Um, we can only go by the description of what Chris Thomas told us and 
with him being a full soul human for a, for a short period of time, he gives descriptions. And even he has difficult difficulty getting it across in words in English trying to describe because we just don't have the vocabulary to describe mm-hmm. it what we're supposed to be like this is interesting because um when you said we were put here two things came to my mind mm-hmm. my movie <laughs> brain reminded me of the there was a show called 4400 i loved that show so it it sounded to me bam 4400 people showed up different places different locations and they they tried to figure out what what was going on that was the first one thing and the second thing is there's a book by ellis silver if i'm not mistaken it's called humans are not from earth and throughout this book he discusses he's a phd he's a biologist so he knows what he's talking about when he talks science and biology and physiology so basically he compares humans with neanderthals and humans with uh, primates and all that and says no the human body the human form is not designed to be on this planet for instance he's he's talking about brow ridges we don't have that most primates they have that we don't have it at all or drinking water we only can drink fresh water and very clean water all other animals they can eat dirty water and nothing happens to them and he goes through a, a long list of different things and he explains and he wants to come to this conclusion that we are not from here it was a race that put on the planet sort of along the lines of what we're talking about here Well, at least half right. Uh, the souls aren't in, don't belong to the planet. I mean, we're technically visitors. The bodies that we inhabit are from this planet. Mm-hmm. Now, we are much more in, in our inv- advanced state, if you want to say that we're in advanced state. But in comparison to, you remember me telling you about Lemuria, where NGC584 yes, yes, came? Yes. And Earth said, please tell me why my... Um, My primates are not evolving as fast as they should, yes, and they never yes. really came up with any answers. That was long. That was pre-Atlantis. I would have to go back into the books and and read more deeply into how we got to the point where we are now, because there's a lot of there's a lot of information in there. But we basically took on crystals, and the bodies were upgraded to better house uh, a human soul. The body type that we're in was upgraded from Cro-Magnon. Now, mm-hmm. the gentleman is right about one thing. I mean, besides the, the human souls not being, we're not from this planet. Cro-Magnon, the body type that we had updated to what we are inhabiting now, also is not from Earth. Oh, okay. okay. Cro- Cro-Magnon, the body type Cro-Magnon that we're using for the original body type, came from Mars. Mother Earth decided that once Mars, once the explosions took place and all life was wiped off of the planets, the template that Mars had for Cro-Magnon Man, Earth liked it better, I think, than the Neanderthal version. So she borrowed the Cro-Magnon body type and then, you know, so many thousands of years of advancement and turning us into Homo sapiens. 
Yeah, and Neanderthals, they just vanished off the face no, of the no, planet. No, 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 no. The, ne- the Neanderthals are still around. Everybody talks about saying Bigfoot. There's Bigfoots all over this planet. They're a throwback. Okay, so you you uh, believe that Bigfoot, Yeti, and those uh, creatures are Neanderthals? Offshoots. I don't know about Offshoots. the Yeti, mm-hmm. but I mean, but... It's the equal of Sasquatch and Bigfoot and all that. Well, Mother Earth, she she played around with different types, and it was yeah. when she came across the Cro-Magnon that looked the most promising. But she she went through a lot of different types. Neanderthal was one of them. And if I remember correctly from one of the books, the Neanderthals themselves were approached and they were asked if they wanted to be upgraded with crystals and if they wanted to be advanced. And there was quite a large group of them that said, "Nah, don't think so. Mm-hmm. So those Neanderthals, you Sasquatches, you Bigfoots and the things that these people see and have gotten pictures of them. Yeah, they're still around. They are, I believe they are, oh, yeah. and in, in area I live, mm-hmm. most famous sightings happened in Washington area, Northern California, some of it, but I, I agree with you, Cro-Magnon, and you know, they're talking about missing link. Darwin that cannot miss- explain jump yeah. in human, it, it, it can't, and Everybody talks about it. I think they have other agendas when when they look at evolution as a scientific proven fact and not just the theory. It is a still a theory. There's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of questions they can't answer, but I think they have other agendas. They, they push evolution because for whatever reason, they don't like to think about creation. So let me ask you this. According to Chris Thomas... This is a creation. This is not an accident ended up being humanity. You're talking about us? Yes, humans. Oh, yeah, we're not an accident. Yeah. I mean, she, she actively asked Mars if she could borrow the Cro-Magnon template. And you know, he, Mars was getting ready to go to sleep and not have any life on his surface for a while. So, sure. Yeah. So, no, we're not an accident, no. And neither are the Neanderthals, for that matter. I mean, they were no. they were there were several body types that were on the planet thousands of years ago that were you know being looked at as a as a a good suggestion for you know the souls to come in and inhabit them. And the Neanderthals, they kind of just weren't really interested in it. And everything that took place with uh, the help of the NGC 584 and the other semi-physical races that have been here working in conjunction with Mother Earth, have always approached any of the animal types that were here on the planet, would you be interested in this? I mean, it was never one of those things where they were captured and experimented on. It was, a, mm-hmm. it was, a, it was a, would you like to participate? And that's how we came about, because in the process of our body types evolving, you know, do you want to go through with this? Do you want to move forward? Do you want to do this? Everything was always a choice. And here we are the way we are now. Yes. And we're, and we're standing on the precipice of one more evolutionary step if we can ever get there. Yeah, which I feel like uh, there, are, there is a group that they really like to hijack that. You 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 see 
there, there, there's a lot to go about, but we're in Julia's. And uh, question number two, and we got to this conversation from Original Sin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whoever asked that question, I'm not very good at, with Original Sin, but I think we pretty much covered the part about. But Adam in terms of if they're looking for a flaw in, in humanity, to call it Original Sin, that put us on this planet, I think the next question, once you get to that question, it um, maybe answers if, or give more information about the first one, the second well, question. Well, question well the problem with that, a lot of times you, you're going to have people that are going to be asking questions that come from their perspective of life, and mm -hmm. then you kind of have to try to make it mesh with the Chris Thomas material, and sometimes it's not going to, sometimes it doesn't fit well, if that makes any Thank sense. Thank you very much. That's That's very correct. That's very accurate. Okay. Number three, is the Earth a prison planet? In many ancient texts and mythology, it said that the Earth is a prison in one way or another, and the Greeks called it Tartarus. Tar Tartarus. Hmm. Tartarus. Yeah. In the Bible, in the Bible, we have fallen angels, and they fell on Earth. Well, there's a lot to unpack on this one. Um, number one, Earth is a prison planet. No, no prison. It's not okay. a prison. We're all here by our own free will. That's and. It's not that we're all bunch of condemns <laughs> put on this yeah, planet. The, and that gets into the matrix, and, and people are thinking about that we're all in pods and in water, and we're batteries, and we're in a prison, and we're forced mm -hmm. to do this, forced to do that. No, 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 no. no. Everything is every, every person, every soul on this planet is here of their own free will. There's no prison planet. If you don't like it here, you can leave. Uh, the next part is in many texts in mythology, it said that the earth is a prison. No, in one way or another, no. A prison of the mind, maybe, if you've got people that really don't want to look at their situation or the ones that have decided that they're not going to stay, then that could be considered a prison for them. But um, the tar Tartarus thing, I think that's a, I think that's a referral to Tartaria. Tartarus and, in Greek mythology is where uh, Zeus imprisons those that commit crime against him. So he sends them in Tartarus and they can never, ever leave that. And I think what it says here is maybe we are sent to this planet as a bunch of prisoners because we can't leave the planet. And maybe Tartarus in Greek mythology is a reference to Earth. And because the next part also says, okay, what's, what's the fallen angels? When they came to Earth, they were called fallen. So there is another higher up place when they lose their positions in that better place, they fall into this planet. I don't know if you can conclude that that makes Earth a prison planet or qualifies that as a prison. I've got two other answers from two members. Uh, okay. I'm going to cover those before I jump, jump feet first into mine. Um, one of them with this question um, with the, all three questions, the, there was an emphatic no, it is an experiment. And that's all he had to say. No, it is, it is an experiment. Uh, the next one answer, answered, 
The sole poverty of the subhuman state could certainly be seen as a prison. I kind of agree with him on that one about the subhuman state and like a prison of the mind compared to a full soul life. But prisons are places of punishment and we came here voluntarily. The second part of that is earth is heaven and hell and every other dual experience in the spectrum between them, depending upon what we're currently co-creating here, meaning as a collective, um, there, there's emotional, there's emotional feedback that can be caught up in the collective, which can make it look like we're all prisoners until I guess there's enough of us in the human collective that kind of start pulling away from the madness and kind of clearing things up. I mean, Mm -hmm. in a way, collectively, psychically, we can be like a herd of sheep. And then there are those that kind of pull away from the herd and the ones that pull away from the herd can, if they're strong enough, can actually shift humanity in another direction because we all, there is, this, you've heard me talk about the levels of the Akashic. Yes. The lowest level of the Akashic is the human collective, which is full of just energy of emotions and turmoil and, and happiness and sadness and stuff like that. And we're all interconnected psychically to a certain degree. I mean, some stronger than others. But as a, we can act, we do have a herd mentality because of that, and we can act like a group of sheep. But at the same time, if there is a pull enough in the human collective, it can shift attitudes. Yes. So when we co-create hell, it means all of us together have co-created hell for whatever reason. If we co-create heaven, then we can co-create heaven. But sometimes there is a push and a pull energetically within the human collective. I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody. But oh, yes, th- th- absolutely. Th- those are, yeah. Those are, the two, those are the two answers from my two global members. Now, as far as, the t- as far as I'm concerned, this Tartarus thing and what your description of, they seem to be tied to something where I got an email and I went back and forth with a woman that, that sent me some emails. And this has been, I don't know, three or four months ago. And she mentioned Tartaria and then asked me about mud floods. And I didn't have the slightest idea of what she was talking about. There is something out there that has to do with people freaking out over building structures. That building structures don't seem to be built like they're supposed to. And that they have these half windows at the very bottom of the, 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 the basement structure. It's like, well, if you had a basement, why didn't you have a full-size window? Why are all these half windows and all of these structures all over the planet? And then she got into talking about this mud flood, that there was some great flood of mud that happened in the 1800s, and in their, the historical records have been wiped out, and that all these buildings look like they do, the old buildings, because these half windows mean there was a mud flood that, that nobody talks about. And I, did, I was like, what? What is she talking yeah. about? And she mentioned Tartaria. So there is some kind of tie-in with some kind of mud flood that totally screwed up all the basements of all the buildings and whatever area she was talking to. And that talking about, and that's the only thing when I saw the Tartarus, I was like, I wonder if that's tied to that mud flood thing. So that part, I really can't comment other than some of the information that she gave me. And I was completely lost. Um, 
then we get into the fallen angels and when they fell on earth. Okay, if you're if you're talking about biblical fallen angels, there's no such thing. I'm sorry. I know there's a lot of people that what are the angels? So Gabriel, Michael. Yeah. There's there there must be some kind of tie-in with this is I'm guessing. There must be some of some of some kind of tie-in with the mystery schools and the ancient keepers of knowledge and names like uh, Archangel Michael and Archangel. There's something in the book somewhere and I have forgotten it because the Archangel thing sounds very uh, similar. And I think this question when it says fallen angels, there's a translation of Nephilim which says fallen angels. They also translate it to watchers or fallen angels. Nephilim, those they came to earth and uh, made out with humans, women, and they had giants as their offsprings. And as well, a result, there was a flood to destroy them. Well, the, as far as giants are concerned, that they existed because that was another body type that was being worked with just to see what was good for the human soul and what we could mm-hmm. what we could. There was also a pig, pygmy version. There's a pygmy version human. I think they have been found in the bones have been found in jungles with like little bitty humans. So, I mean, there are different body types that Earth worked with. Giants was one of them. Pygmies were other. Um, so, the human uh, body size is a factor, isn't it? For the factor. soul? It's a vector. To hold, to hold the soul. Right. I mean, right now, uh, most of us are walking around with only one quarter of our soul in our bodies in the three quarter outside in aura. Um, I mean, still- and the physical physical dimensions of human body. The, mm-hmm. Is it people that they are taller, bigger, they have bigger souls? People no, are no, smaller, no, no, no. They have a smaller soul. Mm-hmm. What is that? I'm, I'm pretty sure that you- to the size. I'm sure you, you've read about the, the, the skeletons that have been found, or they've tried to tried to keep it quiet, but there have been skeletons yeah, found of like yeah. people that are like 15 feet tall. Yeah. That was just another body type that Earth was working with. And we came to the conclusion that we weren't going to be messing with that too much. And then, of course, there was a pygmy. It was all testing. It was all just experimentation of what body type would be the best for the human soul. and what. Sure, would, but what, even today, if you compare... Uh, a European man with a Chinese man, okay, as just just a, a base of comparison. You have taller European, typical European man, bigger man, and then you compare it with Chinese and Asians, other Asian races, which are physically smaller. So are these two different types of human bodies or they're still the same, and the physical dimensions doesn't make that much difference when it comes to to the soul. Well, no, I mean, you've got variations of height from people that are like, you know, midgets, which is, is a genetic issue. Mm-hmm. And then you've got people that are no higher than about five feet tall, and you've got some that are, you know, seven feet tall that play basketball. Yeah. There are variations on yeah. the thing. I don't, as far as the specific history of what heights would be in what would be in this, the, the six particular races that came here on the planet, I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. I don't recall reading anything about that as far as the specific, 
you know, white folks can be within this area, olive folks can be in within this area, mm-hmm. uh, red folks will be within this area. I don't remember. I don't remember Chris um, actually discussing height <laughs> differences. Uh, I do remember him talking about the experimentation where there were giants, there were pygmies, there were uh, all di- um, aquatic. There was an aquatic version. So yes, mermaids at one time were real at one time. So, I mean, there was an aquatic body type that they were experimenting with. There was a lot of experimentation that was thousands upon thousands of years ago. So everybody form and regardless of their physical height or weight or muscle strength or, um, you know, brain size, the size of a skull, regardless of that, every human on this planet we use the same body type, except they have different dimensions. It's a template. Yes. Okay. It, it, okay. It's, a, it, it's in this particular case now. It's the Atlantean template that I've, I've stated that we went back to. Uh, there was another template okay. that we used at the beginning of the human plan. But yeah, it's a basic template. It's what the soul does um, once conception happens and the else the, the the eggs start dividing. The human soul makes connections to the dividing cell to check in on the progress of the mm-hmm. the, income, the the fetus that's developing and everything. Yeah, it's it's a template by what the the human soul uses to you know help build the body and then in sure. it inserts itself in through. Um, I think it's the crown chakra. I think that's how they enter the body is the crown chakra. I know the I know the first connection they make is the crown chakra, and I think the second connection they make is the root chakra, and then they kind of the human soul kind of shoves itself into the body or yeah, a part of it yeah. into the body since it's so small. Um, okay. But get, but getting back to the the fallen angels things, there is something in the books about archangel being a title. And it's got something to do with the Jewish sect that Jesus was in. Mm-hmm. That's that's something that we're going to have to cover at some point in one of the books where we talk about uh, the, the the Jewish sect that Jesus was in and some of the titles and some of the, the confusions and the misinformation where that's concerned. But as far as Archangel Michael and Gabriel and all of Uriel or whatever the ones that mm-hmm. came from the television show Supernatural um, – <laughs> No, they are not angels with wings that fell out of heaven and and decided to mate with humans. No, 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 no. Okay. That's that's a twisting of the information. Sorry. Okay. No. This okay. Is, this was good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, tromping on to number four, and we haven't even got halfway through this. <laughs> no. No. Oh boy, I'm a chatterbox. Number four, if you were to summarize your conversations about the way to salvation into one sentence, what would that be? I would not make any conversation. I don't know that I would have a conversation about salvation because, again, we're talking about a biblical thing. But I will move to what my global members were saying. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there a concept of salvation in the way of Chris Thomas's thinking is there something that we we need to be saved from uh well he's never actually come out and said anything about there has to be a salvation of the human race through this that or the other thing mm-hmm. uh, I don't recall him even mentioning the word salvation I mean it may be in there somewhere but it's not prominent um 
it's more just us cleaning up our junk and our crap and finally evolving. Yes, um, that that could be the sentence. Take responsibility I mean, for your actions. That would be our salvation. Yeah. Our sal as looking through the lens of the Chris Thomas material, our salvation would be us cleaning up our act and moving forward and evolving into the full soul humans that we promised Mother Earth we would do, mm -hmm. which we have not. I mean, there have some that, I mean, this was a promise that we made to Mother Earth. You know, she has allowed us to be here and we've been through the human plan and we got her answer and she, um, brought her frequency up for us. I mean, this is a promise that we made to her and we failed the promise and she took pity on us. And that's why we're still here past December of 2012. So that would be our salvation. Let's, let's get on with it. Let's move on. Let's stop playing around with, yeah. with wars and torturing people and pedophiles and all this other nasty stuff that's going on and quit traumatizing each other. And let's go, let's move, let's move on. So that would yeah. be my way of describing salvation is cleaning up your house and let's move on. Um, one of my other members says reintegration through a giveaway. That's his answer as far okay. as salvation. The next one, this answer is getting to full self-knowledge, a.k.a. complete honesty, authenticity, and wel welcoming the rest of the soul into a rather lighter physical body once more. So, yeah. There's your salvation. There's your that, answer that's to it. salvation. Yeah, that's a very good answer. Okay, trotting right along, or else we're going to be here all night. <laughs> okay. Uh, five. Were there plans against humanity prior to the rise of the Illuminati? Hmm. Well, if you're talking about ancient Illuminati, no. Because they were looking after us. They were Modern not the bad guys, yeah. Not the, not the ancient ones, no. Not the ancient. Um, the modern Illuminati... I'd have to say no. And the reason that I say no is at this time, the 14th faction, the 14th faction energy was still on the planet, even though it didn't affect the, it didn't affect the VLON. Now the VLON had plans against humanity because they wanted us off the planet. The 14th faction, the only plans that they had were to prop up their own universe and steal as much energy from us as possible. So they weren't really concerned with any of the planets or any of the beings or anything in this universe. They didn't care. Mm -hmm. uh, when there were, it's either 30,000 or 33,000 souls, I can't remember which, there were <clears throat> somewhere between 30 and 33,000 souls that were on their way to planet Earth when the 14th faction broke into our universe. And the explosion that created the wormhole contaminated those 30 to 33,000 souls, contaminated them with the energies of the universe that was adjacent to us. Now, remember I told you the universe that was adjacent to us had the ability to remove freedom of choice. Yes. So those 30 to 33,000 souls were all infected with those rogue energies that were directly opposite of the energies of what our universe is constructed from. Chris writes that luckily most of those souls decided not to use those energies, but some of them did. And there's also a part in there that he writes that many of those souls just disappeared. 
And there's no record of them in the Akashic as to what happens. And sometimes the Akashic doesn't record everything simply because mm. if you've got an individual soul that is living its life wherever, whether it's on planet Earth or somewhere else in the universe, it records its own en energy or its own life in its own DNA because we have energetic DNA. So individual lives, unless they are pivotal or huge or show up in earth history as somebody that does something really, really big like Jesus or Hitler uh -huh. or something like that, they, an individual's life does not show up in the Akashic. So the Akashic has no record of what happened to some of these souls that just disappeared. And Chris couldn't find anything. But like oh, I said, luckily, okay. luckily that a lot, most of those souls decided not to use that energy. That being said, as far as plans against humanity, the souls that came to Earth and decided to use that 14th faction energy to their own benefit, technically, yes, is a plan against humanity. And the first time that energy showed up on the planet was Alexander the Great and all the conquering mm -hmm. that he did. So in a way, the 14 energies themselves adopted by humans from human souls from this universe, they had plans of their own for domination. Yes. Okay. The 14th, the 14th faction people that came from the other universe, no. It was just their energies contaminated the souls in this universe. All they were trying to do was harvest energy and leave, and they wanted to save their own universe. They didn't hang around. They didn't, mm -hmm. they didn't come through. So the contaminated so, souls on this planet, they had plans against humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, notables were uh, Alexander the Great. I'm trying to remember what the other ones were. Okay, One when you say Alexander the Great, are you saying, what are you saying? Are you saying that he, he was part of knowingly or unknowingly part of this plan against humanity? The soul that became Alexander the Great took on the 14th faction energies, mm -hmm. yes, and decided to use it against humanity to conquer, yes. Ah, oh, okay. I like that because in Persia, Alexander is the only emperor from the West that could ever conquer Persia and burn palaces and all the records of old Persia. And he is called Damned Alexander. So mm -hmm. they condemn him as a negative character, playing the That's, negative role in history. Yeah. He, is the, he is the first one that shows up in the Akashic using the 14th faction energies. There's been others. Remember me telling you about uh, David Icke talking about the reptilians? Yeah. The sensitive people could actually see the, the, the reptilian energy. Well, <clears throat> the good news is the energy has been removed. It was removed in 2002. Uh, so that's all gone. Nobody can do that anymore. But there have oh. been some notable people that used 14th faction energy. And one of them was the Queen Mother. You've heard me mention that. Yes. There's one other. George H.W. Bush. He passed away. George H.W. Bush is gone. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he also used 14th faction energy. And as far as I am concerned, any soul in this universe that made the choice to use 14th faction energy. And yes, I recognize that we're in a universe of freedom of choice, and they made the freedom of choice to use those energies. I understand that. But using energy, making a conscious choice to use energy that was completely opposite to the universe that you belong to, 
because you want to conquer. As far as I'm concerned, I hope you're thrown out. Okay. I hope you are thrown out of this universe and you never get to come back. <laughs> That's the way so, I look at it. So this is the case about the globalists today. They're doing the same thing. Yes, but they can't use 14th faction energy anymore. It was taken. It was it was yes. removed from this universe in 2002. As far as what they're doing now, a lot of that is still Belon influence. Mm -hmm. Negative influence, either way. Yes. Either yeah. way, yes, that would be it. So the answer to this question is yes. Well, and um, plans against humanity before the rise of Illuminati. The two global members that offered answers, uh, one global member says, not until the VLON traveled back in time 5,000 years. So from that perspective, the, the crimes against humanity, um, when they traveled back 5,000 years in the past, that, that started a lot. Um, the other global member, the 14... 14, can, he calls it 14 contaminated. Um, he's talking about the 14th faction. Mm -hmm. 14 contaminated 30,000 human souls had already started violating the real golden rule, yes. So, okay, the they're, answer they're, is yes. Bo both of them are, are um, one global member's talking about the VLON and the other global member's talking about the 14th, 14th faction. faction. Yeah. Number six, do you see forces of good from the ancient Illuminati on the planet, where or who? Um, the ancient Illuminati... They're, they scattered to the winds. They're, they've been gone. There are still those that know where the Ark of the Covenant is, and it's still hidden. So in that respect, we still do have some good folks that are looking after things. Where or who? I don't think there's an answer to that. Okay. There's no, there no specific place or a specific characters like you mentioned, George Herbert Bush. On the negative side of this conversation, is there someone that on the positive? I don't know. Well, it's not really an either or. It's it's more like there were those that used energies that they shouldn't have used, mm -hmm. and then there's the VLON being pains in the butt, and then past that, the the big argument between good and evil. That's when it comes in human terms. Good and evil is just people making choices. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I've got the global member said to that, this one, um, the first answer is yes, the high frequency flow of universal energy from the 13. I'm not sure what that, I guess that, oh, okay. What he's saying is um, um, the universal energy, the flow of energy that's coming from the 13. You remember me telling you that there were 13 beings that made up the, the envelope of the universe? Yes. Um, they assist in... Uh, making sure energy balances in the universe. So the high frequency flow of the universal energy coming from the 13 is uh, an answer to where or who. The other member states, my own gut feeling is that anyone purporting to be superior to the rest of humanity is thereby defining themselves as malevolent. CT says all souls are equal. Well, she is right about that. We're mm -hmm. all equal as far as on the soul level. Um, I don't know if that answers this person's questions, but the ancient Illuminati scattered to the winds thousands of years ago. They're long gone. Th there um, you go. I think if the focus is ancient Illuminati, the mm -hmm. answer is no. But there are other forces. They work to protect humanity. If we are in the framework of human extinction, there are forces that they want to protect humanity. 
there are people on this planet that know what's going on. Mm-hmm. They communicate with Mother Earth. Uh, they communicate with Merlin. They communicate with the she. You won't find these people. Um, it could be some full soul humans. It could be regular humans that are that have just strong psychic abilities. But they're looking after things, and they're they the. When I get to the story about the Celestoriums, there were some people that were dispatched to to stop some things that would have injured Mother Earth. So there are people around. They're either full soul humans or they're regular humans with strong abilities there that are looking after things. Okay. Let's see. Number seven. Is the human extinction a Western plot against humanity? No. No, because I was looking at this and said major forces of our time are in the West. But yeah, please go ahead. Explain away. Human extinction, as far as the Velon is concerned, means the whole planet. They want all of us off the planet. And they want planet for themselves. So this is not just a Western plot against humanity. You're talking that almost sounds like you're saying, is there a group of a group of people over here in the West are plotting to kill the group over here on the other side of the planet? Not really. That's I think it comes to mind because you have Bill Gates here, you have Klaus Schwab, you have all these characters are on the West. You don't have anybody in China or in Africa, any prominent name. I I think that's why the question is Western. Is it the Western plot? Because all these characters are on the West side of the planet. Western hemisphere. Yeah, I mean, it would appear appear that way. And... Also, too, from from Chris Thomas's information, as far as us, humanity, we humanity being on the crux of becoming full soul humans on Moss, he has clearly stated that what was holding back what was going on was the West, that the East was ready to go. And they were waiting on us to get our crap straight. Mm -hmm. So. It's not really a Western plot to destroy humanity. It's that the West is dragging its feet. Okay. And cover what some what the other two said. One answered no. The Illuminati also infiltrated the CCP of China. So, according to what this one is saying, the Illuminati also infiltrated China. Okay. The next one is <laughs> he was not happy with this question. Uh, are you paying attention? Western culture is only one tool of the alien forces, although one of their best. That was the answer to that one. Are you paying attention? Western culture is only a tool of the alien forces. Is that a positive answer or a negative? For, knowing, for, this, yeah. knowing this group member, he was a little aggravated with the question. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was being a bit sarcastic. <laughs> I, I can tell you that right now. Oh, okay, got it. Got one. it. Are you paying attention? Please. The human extinction that Chris Thomas re, uh, writes about is being carried out by humans at the direction of the VLON. So humans themselves, they're being influenced. It's, it's an influence from the VLON. And if the VLON had never showed up here on planet Earth and then the 14th faction was removed in 2002, who knows how happily we'd be humming along? Who knows? Yeah. But the Vlon have really put a monkey wrench in a lot of what we had possibly could have completed already. And then when their influence and them coming in and messing with humans and we can make you 
immortal with our energy devices and all this. I mean, it, 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 it's like somebody leaned over and grabbed the steering wheel to the car. I hope that's clear enough. I know that was but it's of- not necessarily a Western plot against humanity. The short answer is no. I would have to say no, because if anything, the Western side needs to get their crap straight. And if the, it, it almost seems to me like, especially with the vaccines, that it seems that most of the West has taken the vaccines. And the specific type, because you look at China, you look at Russia, and a lot of East, they took different types of vaccines. Well, it's my understanding that India didn't, India just passed out ivermectin and went on their way. At least in one of their provinces, yeah, Uttar Pradesh, yeah, they did, um, 250 million people. There, there are just other countries that did not take up the vaccinations like the Western culture did. I mean, there's mm-hmm. millions that took it here in the U.S., millions in the U.K., millions in Europe. I can't speak for Russia. I don't know. But it, Australia, New Zealand, of course. Yeah. yeah. We are yeah. heavily drugged West- countries, if you think about yeah. it, right? You are, so you are right about that. What's yes. another vaccine? Bring it on. Another shot. Yeah. So from another perspective, human extinction, a Western plot, it almost seems like if there's a Western plot, is to extinguish the West, not all of humanity. Right, that's mind-boggling, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. That they have stepped forward, and this, these are humans making choices on a soul level. These souls decided, yes, I'm going to take this vaccine. I'm not going to stay. We're leaving. And there seems to be an extraordinarily high amount of Western people doing this. So if this were a Western plot to kill off humanity, seems to me they're killing themselves off. Yeah, (laughs) they're killing themselves. So, (laughs) Listen, I I was talking to someone and he, he brought up the same exact point. He said, okay, if there is a plot to kill humanity, why would you kill your own people? Your people give you strength. Your people are your power. China is a powerful country mainly because uh, it has 1.5 billion people. Why would Mm -hmm. you kill your own people? And it doesn't make sense. This was a conversation against the theory that these vaccines could kill a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But as things progress, you see that the damage in the Western world is... At, I've, I don't have any access to the statistics or news on the east side of the vaccines, but on the west, we see a lot of death just around me. I could never give you one example of someone that I know that had lived or died or anything like that, but very, very close friends, very close friends in the last six months passed away. Wow. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm yeah. so sorry to hear that. Oh, yeah. And, again, and, and, and even their own families, their own family. In one case, my friend's son, is a, he's, a, he's a doctor. And he encouraged his father to get the vaccine. And he told me that the vaccine killed him. Wow. So he's a doctor. He encouraged his father to get that. His father had, you know, diabetes and other uh, so-called comorbidities. And... He came down with cancer in two months mm-hmm. and died in a matter of from the beginning to end three months. The stats that are rolling in about these uh, injections calling uh, rapid cancer. 
Exactly. So you see, for you and I, we see being in the West, we see that, yes, people are dying. We don't know what's going on in the East, except one, the specific country that I have news and I know a lot of people are dying in the East. And they all used AstraZeneca. And so whatever it is, it's not something that West plotted to kill humanity except these players these actors of this plot that we see Fauci's Gates Klaus Schwab's and likes of these people happen to be westerners those at the top are yeah. westerners Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab and all of them and the the upper crust of the whatever european people that are involved yeah so in that narrow perspective yes those people with that are associated with the world economic forum and the davos mm -hmm. crowd they are of western mindset yes so in that idea then it would be a western yeah. plot against humanity but it's velon influenced it's yeah so, yeah it's, it's, it's yeah. that kind of Definitely. combination um as a side note um today i, I saw a short video of Dr. Lee Merritt talking to some interviewer. I didn't recognize who he was. But have you ever heard of Dr. Lee Merritt? Yes. Yes, yeah, she, she's mm -hmm. one of the ones that was part of the America's Frontline Doctors or the Great Barrington Declaration or something. Yes. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. And she is a former Navy surgeon. So she was in the military for many years. And she said the decimation that's taking place in the American military with these vaccines, she says, is off the charts. I mean, it was scary what she was talking wow. about. The interesting point that she made on the heels of that was that China had made the decision not to vaccinate their military, which I find very, very interesting. It is very interesting, of course. The, they don't want to destroy their military from the inside with any vaccines, but the U.S. is actively pushing it to the point where you'll either get vaccinated or you'll be thrown out of the military. So we got a ticking time bomb on our hands here in the U.S. as far as mm -hmm. are they ready to fight? Not that we want them to fight, but are they going to be ready to fight? And then there's the ones that are being thrown out of the military because they won't take it. Again, that's a Western plot to pretty much mess up the military of the West. I don't know. I can't speak for Australia or, or New Zealand or the UK if they're doing the same thing to their military. I can only speak about the U.S. military. But that was, pre that was a pretty scary video listening to Lee Merritt talk about that. Oh, yeah. Every time I listen to her, she's very knowledgeable, very convincing. She knows what she's talking about. She served in the Navy, right? She was yes. in the Navy. Yes, she was a Navy surgeon. She was a surgeon, yeah. So many, many more uh, people with high credentials. They weren't long before these things. And uh, they just fell into deaf ears, I guess. Nobody listened to them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for now, <laughs> it became a very interesting question. It seems like most actors are Westerners in this plot against humanity. But they're killing their own people. Well, when the Valon showed up on the planet and made contact with the Illuminati at its inception, they were Western too. 
and they eventually came to the U.S., started out in the U.K. and came yes. to the U.S. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it started with the Western culture. And considering that they studied us for a very, very long time, perhaps they discovered that the Western culture was the best culture to approach. That's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. Yes. Because I think Eastern philosophy mm-hmm. would have probably kicked them to the curb. Definitely. Wherever you look in the East, yeah, they couldn't have started there. That's an mm-hmm. excellent point. Yeah. I need to think about that more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just take on that. Okay. With well, number eight, you mentioned that the ancient Illuminati were those who had access to the information. How did they get access to it? Information. I'm assuming that they're referring to the Ark of the Covenant. I don't know. I think we talked about that and we said they, they were um, teachers. Oh, the, the ta- the tables of testimony, the green crystals. And, and also, uh, you talked about uh, a priestly class or something. They had they had the information, but how they've got the information, I don't know. But they they knew that they need to give this information to, to people and inform them. That was the whole basis for ancient Illuminati, because they were illuminated but they wanted to distribute the information and not keep it for themselves. What term did you use for those group? The, the keepers of knowledge. Keepers of knowledge. Keepers, keepers of, of knowledge. knowledge. Yeah. That's 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 what I was looking for. Keepers of knowledge. The question is, where did that's, they get access to the information? <laughs> that was at a time when humanity had more abilities. Um, like I've told you before, who built the pyramids, we did. That that was yes. because way back then we were more advanced. We hadn't lost all of our abilities. So when we returned to the planet 7,000 years ago to put ourselves into the human plan, after we had left uh, Atlantis, we had more abilities. So everybody had most of the knowledge. We could read the Akashic. We could communicate psychically. We could still translate, tra- uh, translocate and bilocate. And as time went on, we knew we started losing our abilities again. We knew it was going to happen. I mean, it happened on Atlantis. And so the keepers of the knowledge were the ones who had the information to remind us of who we were. Um, how did they have access to this information? Originally, we all had access to information because we could all read the Akashic at one time. Uh, they just retained the knowledge. How? I don't know. I don't know if it was in written texts or if it was... Um, like I think there's an Eastern philosophy where there are chants where they they they, they chant information to each other as a memory. Um, there's also um, like storytelling in Native Americans where they 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 relate the history of their tribes through stories to their children and they pass the knowledge down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that would be my guess. Um, and there's probably some some written work. Uh, I think I remember reading to you also that the very the very first spoken language was called Hebrew. That's in one of his books. Yes, you so, you mentioned that language. Yeah, so there's there would be language there could be written documentation that would be lost to time. I mean, there's there's any number of things how they had that information. Are they the only group that has this information? Well. As long as there are subhumans that are still walking around that don't have the ability to get into the Akashic, uh, a lot of the information is going to be in the Akashic 
And as far as the ancient Illuminati themselves, they're all they're all dead. They're scattered. There may be some descendants here and there, but there's not really going to be a group of people that are going to step forward and say, "We have all of the information you're looking for." <laughs> yeah. It's not going to happen. Um, but let's see. Other group. Another group member says, "Don't know." Original group was presumably a mixture of firstborn and Atlantean volunteers, though they probably didn't call themselves Illuminati. Yeah, that's another thing. Maybe they didn't call themselves Illuminati. Mm, that's that's possible. The Atlantean volunteers would have been semi-physical. Um, and as, as far as the firstborn... Um, I'll probably have to have a discussion with him about this one because the firstborn is something completely different. I don't know if they're tied to keeping knowledge. I don't know. I'll have to cover that with him later. The other one, oh, the other global member had a lot more to answer to this one. Oh, a lot more. This one's lengthy that I can read too. Um, with this question, he answers, secret societies infiltrated the Knights Templar. In fact, there is a little more to it than this. Otherwise, it is likely the treasure would have been quickly discovered. Okay, he must be. He's pulling something out of out of. Uh, I think Project Human Extinction. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why the Ark was not discovered under the Jerusalem Temple by Nebuchadnezzar's searchers was because it was hidden in a time vault. The knowledge of how to build such vaults was contained within the tables of testimony and was well understood by the Knights Templar. They are able to manipulate energy, which is why they have incorrectly been labeled Satanists by some modern-day conspiracy writers, although it was, in fact, the Catholic Church who originally labeled the Knights Templar as Satanists in the 1300s when the Church tried to wrest power from them. This particular time vault had a time slip sequence of two seconds. Although two seconds does not seem like very much, it is sufficient to remove something out of the current time, not only rendering it invisible, but also non-physical. This is also the origin of the name Knights Templar. While they were involved in the Temple of Solomon, the origin of their name stems from the Latin word for time, which is tempus, as the Knights had the knowledge of how such time vaults were built. The uh, roots of the word Templar, that was very interesting. They had the knowledge of time, because that is the key. Knowledge of time, yeah. And he goes on to say, the tables of testimony contain a great deal of information. Not only were the details and intentions of the human plan recorded there, but also the sum of what could be described as scientific knowledge from both Samaria and Egypt, as well as that of the semi-physical races who had been involved in reaching in its scope in that it encompassed the, I guess it's pronounced Kabbalah, Kabbalah with a Q. Uh, hmm. Egyptian therapeutate, keys of Enoch, and Gnosticism. In other words, the total sum of human knowledge which became the basis of all secret societies in future years. This was why the tables had to be so heavily protected. This knowledge could not be lost to mankind or the whole human experiment would have become pointless and everything would have to start again. With the removal of the ark and tables from Egypt to Moses and in parentheses Akhenaten, the protection of the Ark was passed down through those who had sufficient knowledge to be able to protect it. In this way, the Saul, David, and Solomon dynasty became the holy bloodline, and the descendants of this bloodline would become the initiates in the, in the knowledge of the tables. 
In 6 BC, a child was born, which brought together several of the holy bloodlines. The child was known as Jesus the Christ. This is the true reality of Jesus' life and his purpose, the unification of the old kingdom of David and the release of the information contained within the tables of testimony. We are not going to enter into a full expose of how almost everything about Jesus' life has been distorted or invented, but it is sufficient to say that very little of the New Testament accords with the Akashic. Um, So from this, one can see that not only do we have to contend with an ET race that is trying to take over this planet for themselves by trying to prevent the human race through covert means, from achieving its commitment to the human plan, reintegration of the entire soul within a human form. But we also have been trying to overcome our self-created conflicts that we have within our own human species. Due to our loss of higher brain psychic functions, I do consider the very possibility that the Velon have been seen, have seen this as the weak chink in the armor of humankind that they have found seemingly worked their dark magic. Once we regain our higher abilities, there will be no way for the Velon or any other race to manipulate mankind the way it has been done thus far. So that's that's been pulled out of he he must have gone to one of the other chapters and pulled that out of the PHE extinction, which was which was great information, very good information. So that was from the book. That that I think that's in uh, chapter two. Mm-hmm. We hadn't gotten to that yet. Yeah. Because I've read from four, I've read from six, and I was getting ready to go to chapter two, and I was kind of hesitating because there's a lot of religious stuff in there that people may be unhappy about. Yeah. But we don't care. If they're unhappy, they can <laughs> tune out, right? You have the right. We don't care. <laughs> you still are in a free country if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I know some of the information is hard to take, and it was certainly shocking to me. I mean, some of it was... Um, some of it, uh, when it when it got into the religious part and the stuff about Jesus, I was like, "Oh, isn't that interesting?" I wish my grandmother was still alive. No, the part explode. that said uh, gospels they don't match the Akashic. Mm-hmm. You read something about that? That's that's mm-hmm. very interesting. I have mm-hmm. conversation with somebody else which uh, brings up the same exact type of. Uh, points when he talks about Gospels. So we have answered eight. We're right in the middle of these questions. And we, you know, it's only fair we spend, we give enough time to each question. Sure, I agree. So we don't want to just rush through these. And I was looking at those questions. Those are interesting. And I know we're going to spend more than another 90 minutes on those. That's a good reason to say we could be here all night. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we stop it here, the middle of these, and then we continue next week to finish. That sounds like a marvelous idea. (laughs) Thank you. And the thing is, we (laughs) gave a lot of information. You answer the questions, you create more questions. That's the problem, Vic. You answer the questions and you create questions. So we're in this cycle. (laughs) I know. And I have to continually apologize because sometimes I see some of these questions and... 
I get stuck and I freeze for a minute and I'm like, okay, run it through your head, run it through your head. What could you apply this to and how could you answer this the best way? And I know sometimes there's, there's dead air and dead space because I'm, I'm running, I'm, my brain is going looking for the information or something to apply yeah. to it so I can help with the questions. And sometimes it's just like, I don't know. And the good news is as far as you and I in this podcast, there is so much information to get to that we're probably going to be talking to each other for the next five years. I look forward to that because <laughs> I have learned a lot and, and my brain constantly processing and trying to connect the information. The more we talk about the way Chris Thomas thinks his work and uh, the, the, the collection of information that he offers, I can see that his conclusions are right on the money. That He hit the nail in the head. In many cases, yeah. Because I, I usually go with many other sources. Okay, mm-hmm. so you collect the information, you come here, and you get this from Chris, and you say, "Oh my God!" It summarizes everything else you saw, or you read, or you studied. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love his work. He was an incredible researcher yeah. too, and a scientist. Yeah. So I mean, he. He's actively stated in interviews that he went out of his way to research everything that he possibly could yeah. as truthfully as possible. And even his higher self would lead him to certain places or around certain people where he would be uh, germinating on something. He was investigating something and thinking about it and looking for answers. And he would, and his higher self would lead him to two people standing on a street corner having a conversation about the very thing that he was looking for. So, I mean, a lot of what he came up with was from research and being a scientist and yes. crossing paths with the right people. I mean, it, it, the power of, of the, the human mind and the human soul and the connections that we make, connections are not accidents. They are not. You and I talking here, oh, I'm quite sure that on a soul level, our souls are having a very interesting conversation outside of us. Oh, yeah. And all the synchronicities I've seen since we started these conversations, signs that I've seen, like uh, you said, Chris, see two people talking and, and he picks up something from that conversation. It happens all the time. And I feel like it's happening more now than five years ago, three years ago, a lot more. Either it's happening more or we are more awake we are more open to get the information. I would have to say that we are more awake. And the reason that I can tell that we are more awake as humanity is because the censorship has gotten so bad. I tend to agree with you. Yes, it always has uh, unintended consequences. Let me give you a very interesting piece of information. So there was in the news that the sales of dumb phones, old flip phones, are soaring. People ditch their smartphones. And Whoa. You start thinking, say, oh, wow. I consider this an awakening. Because once you put the phone aside, you, you start thinking, oh, my God, I was chained to this thing. You know, it's interesting you mention that because have you heard the reports about them shutting down the, the 3G so that all the flip phones don't work? 
Oh, yeah. Part of my work, we have projects that require uh, wireless. Yeah, 3G gone. Yeah, you have to go 4G, 5G. Yeah. Which means that they don't want people keeping their flip phones. They want them to go into the the stupid phones. Smartphones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that people go out, find these flip phones, they buy them, they downgrade, which to me is not a downgrade. They set themselves free from the <laughs> from the, the from this device. That's a good sign. That's yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. The the technology is, is getting to the point where it's getting absolutely yes. ridiculous. And it is not your friend. It's because they are using the technology. But your friend, exactly. Tracking all of us, yes, one way or another. So to me, I, I did it too. So I have a flip phone. I ditched my iPhone. I said, okay, why am I using iPhone? Everything I do is just to make sure I'm, I'm on top of the situations at work if something arrives. Then I said, if I'm sitting in my office, sitting in front of my computers, I can ha- help. If I'm not, I can't do anything. Might as well have a simple phone. If anybody needs me, they can call me and we can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, I already feel uh, liberated. constantly looking at the darn thing texting unnecessary stuff and i i'm not using it i I love my flip phone it's it's impossible to text but (laughs) it's good for conversations (laughs) it's good to for a phone call i had a flip phone i had an old samsung flip phone that had um a pivot to it Mm-hmm. So it was just a regular flip phone, but it also had texting capabilities. It was a Samsung alias, and they were the most unique phone that they ever put out, and it was nice. wonderful. And I, I even bought a second one because I tried so desperately to hang on to that thing because all I wanted to do was talk, and it did some texting. I never got on the internet with it, even though it had mm-hmm. the ability to do it. And they just stopped making them. And then all of a sudden, you couldn't find batteries for them. I even bought a backup, and that battery wouldn't work. And I wanted to cry because that thing was perfect. It's like you just want to talk. And then I got my first stupid phone. And <laughs> it has, it, they have been the bane of my existence ever since. Yeah. But, hey, one step at a time. I agree. It is, it is good. Thank you so much. We spent Thank two you. hours, the one hour, 37 minutes recording. We were talking 30 minutes before that. And it's been a I wonderful conversation here. Absolutely. 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 Love it. Okay. You have a good night and thank you again. You have a good night too, dear. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye.